Hi, good morning. It's uh, it's Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Um, you know, there's there's no easy way of kind of getting into this today because it's uncomfortable. Why don't we go ahead and bring the music? It's just kind of awkward today. I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't have started with music today. Everything, everything feels so awkward. I... I um I, I always do whenever we're in these kind of difficult spots I admittedly always struggle I feel struggle and I feel small um much respect to everyone from a broadcast capacity that was involved with last night on uh, ESPN and ABC because I, they were in impossible circumstances I mean truly impossible and it would be easy to say, well, all they were doing was just kind of repeating the same thing. So that's all they could do. They were doing everything in their power to not speculate. And bless them. Because it would have been extraordinarily easy for some people to just kind of go crazy. You saw a lot of that on Twitter last night. Twitter, probably one of the top three worst nights in the history of Twitter. And it's not just the extremes. It's not just, you know, the the idiot vaccination people. It's anyone who doesn't know anything about what occurred that feels the need to make declarative statements. It's just, it, it only makes the world worse. And so I appreciate that there wasn't any of that. As much as we wanted more information, as much as we couldn't stop watching the coverage of what happened last night because we wanted to know and there wasn't information to share and when those things happen, it's easy to start leaning into speculation and I appreciate that all of the professionals involved with that avoided going there despite how difficult it is to do live broadcasts for massive audiences with so little, with no script, with nothing. It's, admittedly, I think all of us, Look, I, you know, I'm going to tell you two things right off the top today. This is Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Griffin Bass. We're going to do a little bit of sports at some point today. We will. I promise you. That's what we do. And I, we're in a very awkward spot, right? The sports world feels like it came to a halt, but it didn't. There are going to be sporting events that are going to be played. We are going to pause on the betting show. We're not going to do that today. Simply the bets. Then, <coughs> Man. That'll come back next week. We'll do that next Tuesday. We'll, uh, we're going to intend to do weekend at bookies on Thursday. You know, we're going to tend to keep you know a sense of of you know if if possible. Part of the reality is, I mean, we just don't know when football is going to be played again. I mean, that's part of what we're dealing with right now. The, there's a human being whose life is sort of in the balance, and we hope it's been really hard to get a feel for how much of the news we've gotten on Demar Hamlin has actually been good news. I mean, it's certainly. Good news that his vitals were there, but, you know, the man's got to be able to breathe on his own. And, you know, while you await that, everything else feels trivial. So even talking about a football game, even talking about the idea of when 
the Ravens might play the Bengals just feels nonsensical. So we're not going to do the betting show this week. That we're going to skip. We're also going to postpone this week's Tyus Bowser show. Talk to Tyus. Understandably, there are a lot of emotions. We suggested it. Tyus didn't suggest it, by the way. We suggested this morning, you know, those of us involved, we woke up and, you know, we had a kind of a conversation. Like, does this make sense? And knowing Tyus as much as I've gotten to know him and what a special person he is, there is no doubt in my mind that Tyus would be able to speak eloquently about this topic and the unknown, but I, it just feels unfair to ask him to do that. It feels unfair. We like that show to be uh, more of a kind of a celebration, and it just doesn't feel right right now. So we suggested the idea of postponing it. Tyus was on board with that. So we're going to wait till next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, we'll get back together at Guilford Hall Brewery, um, 1611 Guilford Avenue and Station North. We'll see you there for the Tyus Bowser Show, the partnership of Press Box and Great Eights memorabilia, brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Next Tuesday night, January 10th, we'll regroup. We will obviously, we will hopefully know more. Hopefully we'll have some great news about DeMar Hamlin by that point. All of those things. So... That's, those are the first couple of things. The third part is, if I'm being honest with you, I don't want to come in and do a show today. I mean, I, other people can be how they are. This is maybe the, the way that I've evolved as my life goes on. I would have liked to have just been able to say, not today. I can't add anything. Nobody wants to talk about it. Like What, what we're going to do, for example... We'll, we will talk a little bit about college basketball. Patrick Stevens joins us every Tuesday. That obviously has no influence on what happened last night. So we'll have that conversation later. Knowing that I had to come and do the show, because we do, we have sponsors, we have things that we have to do in order to keep the lights on and to keep being able to do this, we're going to craft the show. Our friend Ty Dunn, who you remember uh, we had on a couple months ago because he wrote that excellent, I don't even remember the name of the book. The tight, the tight end book was outstanding. Blood and Guts. It. Blood and Guts. Well, I don't, you know. Um, but the book was just incredible. And I've known Ty for a while. Um, he's been a football writer and kind of did his own thing, sort of what I did, getting away from traditional media and um, going and doing his own website. I like Ty. And Ty did a really lengthy profile about DeMar Hamlin, I want to say about a year ago. And so I, I just want to talk to him about DeMar Hamlin. I just want to know more about him. That's what we're going to do. We're going to find out more about DeMar Hamlin when Ty Dunn joins us a little bit later on. Also, our friend Charles Arbuckle is going to join us. That was something that we had planned before, obviously, what happened last night. I love Seabuck. I love that guy. Charles Arbuckle, of course, former um, not only college standout, but NFL player as well, and now an analyst with ESPN. He does college football. We're going to ask him for his perspective about you know, everything that happened last night, but you know, we'll also get into a little bit of what he saw from Maryland football as he did the Mayo Bowl for ESPN Radio. So those things obviously are unrelated to um, what happened last night. And so that's how we're going to go about handling doing a show because uh, admittedly, I feel awkward. I'm just, I can't get past that. I feel awkward today. Um, you know, it feels awkward. It feels trivial doing anything like doing, you know, even talking about the Tyus Bowser show. It feels trivial. I have the responsibility because these people pay us money 
in order to, you know, frankly, for me to feed my family, for Griffin to be able to, to feed his mayonnaise um, habit, I have a responsibility to, to talk about. I, like, these are the things that were bothersome to me last night. There are people that were making fun of ESPN for running commercials last night. I, I get it. I know what you were feeling. I understand it. ESPN has no plan in place. Maybe if there's something we learned from last night, maybe every all parties involved will start to think about, hey, what do we do if this ever happens again? Maybe that'll come. I don't know. I don't know. Because I understand that when there's a, a man whose life is is in the balance and you just witnessed it while you're watching a football game, I understand why it feels... Uh, un- I don't even know what the word is. It feels awful to have the guy shouting whopper, whopper, whopper at you for 30 seconds. I get it. But there's not a correct answer. There's this thing where you're like, it's easy, just get away from doing commercial... I'm guessing everybody involved was begging for them to take another commercial break last night because there was nothing more to say. There are no correct answers. The best thing we can do is offer grace. You want to criticize the NFL because there's discrepancy about whether they told the players they were going to play again now they're denying it, but everybody involved in the broadcast said that they heard the NFL said, you got five minutes to warm up, then you're going to play. Criticize all you want, but this is unprecedented. If you want to say, hey, the NFL should have asked the teams first before they said that, in the history of football, there have been catastrophic injuries that have occurred, and the games have continued. What happened was unprecedented. So it wouldn't be stunning if the officials on the field said, well, now that you know the field's been cleared, we go back to playing football. That's, that's, what, that's what happened entirely. I don't know that Roger Goodell decided that versus it was just what happened on the field. I have no idea. I think an amount of grace, given the extraordinary circumstances, would be the smallest thing that we could offer. I understand that we operate in a world where we just need to yell and scream. And I get the NFL has screwed up about a billion things over the years. And I understand why they don't maybe get the benefit of the doubt from most folks. But no one on the planet was prepared for what occurred last night. Well, thankfully, the trainers appear to have been prepared. Let me take that back. Thank whoever you believe in that the trainers and the medical staff appeared to be prepared we remember um you know just 2021 the incident at the Loyola Blakefield where a lacrosse player was hit in the chest and nearly died on the field you're grateful that these people exist that know what to do in these moments It hasn't always been that way. Of course, we all remember, sadly, the exact opposite of that with the Jordan McNair situation, where the people involved were not prepared, did not know what to do. It was a different situation. You're grateful that folks there did appear to know. 
Showing an amount of grace in difficult circumstances feels like it should be the easiest thing for us to be capable of doing. To all parties involved. No one knew what to do. And moving forward, showing grace. There's still a man's life hanging in the balance. I don't know when the Buffalo Bills would want to play football. I don't know when the Cincinnati Bengals would want to play football again. I don't know what they'd be looking for. I don't know emotionally how they handle that. And there's a lot at stake. It's difficult for me to come in here today, and I'm not even attached to any of this. It's difficult for me to, to, to say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk now about the, the Toyota Tacoma. Because, again, it feels trivial. But yet, the good people at Toyota paid money for me to do that. So what do I do? I'm not, not trying to you know, go after the people at Toyota. I bless them. So maybe we show a bit of grace to everybody involved. There's a, there's, it's, it is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to think about football again. It's also uncomfortable for the NFL because they have a lot invested in playing a Super Bowl and in their business. They did the right thing last night. But clearly, they're going to want to play football again. So what do they go about doing? How do they handle that? I feel like the, the least we can do is show a bit of grace and not immediately jump down everybody's throats and think that we know the answers. Because we don't. We don't know the answers. None of us. None of us knows the best way to go about doing this. I don't know the best way to go about handling a dumb betting show today. More or less the best way to go about handling a billion, multi-billion dollar business. I'm all over the place. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. It, it's so shocking to watch something like this unfold. It's so difficult to think about what you do next. In a way, it felt last night like what the NFL was attempting to do was to say, maybe there's a chance that he's going to be okay and if he is, and we can find that out within an hour, and we can, you know, he can get on FaceTime with all of his guys, then we can go play the football game. Now, your answer might be, really? After they went through all of that, after you just saw them weeping on the field, you think an hour later they're going to be able to play the football game? I, I, I don't know, but maybe. And everybody's different. I remember talking to a lot of guys after Jordan McNair's passing and how important it was for them to go try to play games and do the th live out the goals that Jordan McNair had. When we were doing our uh, best of 2022 issue of PressBox. There you go. And it's available right now. Adley Rutschman, Mo Gabba, Sports Person of the Year. Pick it up at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of those hundreds of locations where you find PressBox. We were reliving some of... Uh, inside, we did the best quotes of the year. And when we were talking about some of the best quotes of the year, I remember Jen Nelson, who's our digital director, saying, do you remember when Jake Funk was on with you right after the Super Bowl last year? And I was like, I mean, I, I guess I do. I like, I like Jake a lot. Jake's a, one of my favorites. Just, do you remember him talking about Jordan McNair? 
and walking out on the field at the Super Bowl and feeling him. She was like, that was one of my favorite quotes of the year. And I had forgotten all about it, but then I went back and read it and thought about the power of that moment. For some guys, for Jake Funk, for other... I've talked to so many players that were teammates of Jordan McNair over the years about wanting to live out his dreams for him. Wanting to take him with them as they attempted to accomplish the goals that he had set out to accomplish in getting to the NFL. And the power of that. Everyone's different. I think everyone who's gone through grief, and I don't even know if this is going to, again, we still don't know what's, how this is going to go with Tamar Hamlin, understands that it's different for everyone. And there is no blanket answer and it might be that that team would have gotten together last night and said, you know what, yeah, let's go rally up and try to do something for DeMar. Or they might feel that way in the next 24, 48 hours. I don't know. I, I hope the NFL is willing to... I remember talking about this during the COVID season, 2020. Not last season, 2020 season. I remember saying at that point, if there's anything that we should know at this point, that everything should be up in the air. The way that they handled the regular season, everything should be up in the air. They should not be tied to anything having to happen at a certain time. Now, of course, that was easier because, for the most part, the stadiums were empty, right? Like, it the idea of postponing all the games this week, we got a lot of people that have prepared and planned and, you know, bought flights and bought football tickets and there's a lot of money hanging in the balance for a lot of people and that's something that they have to consider. Now, do they have to weigh that over a human life? Of course not, but they have to consider it. I would hope that they would be willing to be flexible. One of the easy things that can be done is to say that week that is dedicated to the whatever you, the Pro Bowl is now, the Pro Bowl con- competition, whatever they're doing, that can either just go away, like just disappear altogether, or just remove all the players. If you need to push the playoffs back a week and play the championship games that weekend, then the four teams involved in the championship games just won't be involved in your Pro Bowl thing. That seems easy. I mean, that doesn't seem all that difficult. I, I, I think anything should be on the table. Anything at all should be on the table. And the problem is we need more time. We need to know more about what's going on with this young man. That's, that's maybe the most difficult part about any of these conversations is you just, you just don't know. You don't know how he's going to be. And I'm not a medical expert. And I've reached out to a couple of people that I think know more than I do. But none of them are comfortable speaking definitively about this because there's a man's life in the balance. It's one thing. Like, we bring on David Chow to talk about a knee injury, right? Because it's a knee injury. If he's wrong, he's wrong. Life will go on. Whether people are wrong. 
bringing on somebody to talk about another human being's life? I, I can't do that. I, I wouldn't do that. But I get, we're all trying to get... I, the information that's out there about this event, and I apologize, I don't remember the name. It, it, it seems like the medical community has kind of come around the idea of there's a name for this event that they believe occurred with DeMar Hamlin's heart. And I apologize. I, my mind is now blanking on what the event um, is called. It's, it's, I believe, two words that both start with a C. Um, do you have it? It was Commodio Cortis. Commodi- yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. Commodio Cortis is exactly right. I, I don't know. Again, we're, it, it goes back into the idea that we're speculating, and that's, that's unfair, but the most intelligent people appear to be in agreement that that's the most likely thing that occurred. I know there's a lot of people that go back to asking questions about the safety of football. I don't know. This is a this was a hit that you see. It's a violent game, and that terrifies you a lot. I mean, I talk about that like I, I can't escape that. My sons ask me about playing football. We have those conversations. My wife and I kind of came around to the idea of not before high school. I mean, maybe you know, if we could find a good flag league, we'd be willing to sign them up for it. I mean, it's just not the same organization of that that we know of. I mean, if you guys can point me in that direction, I, I'd be willing to listen to it. But we kind of came to the conclusion between my wife and I that not before high school would be our, our idea. If you get to high school and you want to play football, play football. But before then, we're not doing it. You know, we struggle with other things. We struggle with soccer. We struggle with, you know, the head injury. Th- I mean, like, it's it's difficult. It's extraordinarily difficult. I know I'm all over the place, and I'm sorry. I, I think everybody's feeling the same way today, and I hope that you'll understand. Again, I'll ask, I'll ask also for grace today. Yeah, it's just, it's where we are. I will ask everyone for as much grace as we can possibly give. And, of course, obviously, you know, the... The, the center of all of this being the status of, of one man. And then from, from there, where that franchise is and where the other franchise is. I, I, again, that's, the guys in the Bengals probably don't know DeMar Hamlin. Maybe some of them do. I, I, would Tyler Boyd have played at Pitt with DeMar Hamlin? He might have. I don't, I, off the top of my head, I'm just not – DeMar Hamlin's a second-year guy. Yeah, Tyler Boyd probably would have – I don't know. I'd have to think about that math again. Um but they, were, they saw the same thing. They watched all of it unfold right in front of their eyes. And that can't be easy. And I don't know what the impact of something like that is. Can all of these other you know, significant injuries that we compare it to, the Mike Utleys, the Ryan Shazier's of the world, the Zach Millers, those guys you knew pretty quickly were alive. They suffered catastrophic injuries. Life-altering injuries. But you got to see him give a thumbs up. You got to see them talk. Their teammates could be aware that their life wasn't over, that they would again be able to hug their loved ones at some point. Which, of course, is what makes this so difficult. It makes it impossible. I mean, utterly trivial to talk about you know where the Bengals might be to try to play against the Ravens like do you do you play those games do you shorten the season it just 
That's why we keep coming back to grace. The, 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 you're asking for grace because this is so difficult. Starts with the f- with one man, Tamar Hamlin. What's going on there? Then from there, the next conversation is with the Bills, and then the next conversation is with the Bengals, and then from there, when everybody wants to play, if they want to play, you go play again. I I am appreciative of the fact that the NFL was wise enough to know that there's no world in which like you're going to for I I once upon a time there were hard asses that would talk about I I talked about this with the covid season when these idiots these mouth breathers would be like well if they're not ready to play you forfeit which is just it was the depth of stupidity it was the depth of neanderthalism I'm grateful that we're beyond that, that we understand, just stop. Just stop. We'll figure it out. There is plenty of time to figure it out. They had to suspend an NBA season once and an NHL season once upon a time. They figured it out. Figure it out. Understand that something more significant is going on and figure it out. And that has ramifications for everybody. There are teams that are probably prepared to fire coaches that would just like to get the season over with already. I mean, I'm sure the Indianapolis Colts would prefer to not have to go back out and play one more game. Would be just as well with, let's fire the coach, let's figure out what we're going to do from a football standpoint. They can be inconvenienced too. Because it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I don't think anything I just said was even intelligent. I don't know what just happened. I am literally the least qualified person to handle this. Maybe not the least. You know, as it turns out, no, I saw a lot of people on Twitter last night who were far less qualified to handle it. But I'm just vomiting out everything that we're all kind of feeling right now. It just... Football is the center of what we do in this business. So let's let's go to that as well. This business is propped up by the existence of football. Yes, there are, you know, baseball centric. The guys on Saturday do a baseball show, right? Like that there are the MLB network exists aside from football. But for the most part, the sports media industry is propped up by football. And so while all of this sort of hangs in the balance, we kind of hang in the balance with it. We don't know what to do next. We don't know what our next move should be. Because our world is centered around the NFL. That's the dirty little secret of all of it. All right. Um, again, these, these wonderful people that make it possible for us to come in here and do this and for me to be as dumb as I am, I appreciate them. Thank you to them. Uh, the Baltimore County Police Department is looking for uh, some folks, some people that maybe are looking for a career change. They're looking for a new path. They're looking for a new direction. Uh, the Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com is the website. Again, JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com is the website. For you to find out more, salaries for entry-level and lateral police officers that are over $60,000 a year, 
Cadets over $30,000 a year. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com. Again, is the website. You must be a United States citizen to have a high school diploma or GED equivalent or, and possess a valid driver's license. You can call 410-887-5542 in order to find out more. When we come back in, we are going to learn more about Damar Hamlin. As Ty Dunn, um, longtime football writer, did a really significant profile about Damar Hamlin. And I just want to talk more about the person that's at the center of all of this and try to get to know him a little bit. So we're going to do that in a few minutes. Um, we will, I, I promise we will do some sports, some other, you know, sports this morning, but I think we all understand. And again, I, I'm, I'm asking for grace the same way that I'm asking for grace for everybody else is it's just a very difficult time, uh, to be trying to do anything when it comes to this business. It is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets start at over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit umbcretrievers.com slash kids club for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, umbcretrievers.com slash kids club. The latest edition of Press Box is available now and it's our annual best of issue on the cover we recognize orioles catcher adley rutschman as our 2022 mo gabba sports person of the year and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in baltimore was simultaneous with the birds turnaround also inside we recognize the top people performances and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene press box is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles Ravens and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at GinsuGrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code 
code TAILGATE. That's GinsuGrills.com. Reserve yours today. Join Glenn at halftime of every Ravens game for the Project Game Day Halftime Show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. We apologize in advance. There's not much we can do about his face. Uh, I keep trying to warn you guys that um, now that we're over a month into sports betting in the state of Maryland, these offers for signups, they're not going to last for forever. So right now you can get $200 in free bets from DraftKings after placing your first $5 bet or $1,000 in risk-free bets from BetMGM. Time is limited. You can get the best offers from all of the sports books. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers and sign up today. Just want to respond to a couple of people that I've heard from, and I and I appreciate that you know, everyone has thoughts, everyone has opinions. So uh, Dan said, did you see what your friend Bruce Cunningham shared this morning on Facebook? It seems like a really good idea for the league and just wanted to know how you feel about it. Um, I, I did not, but, you know, I have the ability to go to Facebook, so I did go to Bruce's Facebook. Um, he said, now that the shock of Monday night is being processed and digested by us all, the question of what to do about the game will come to the forefront Here's my modest proposal for what they should do. Declare to no contest and move on. The Bills and Bengals should be allowed to complete a 16, not 17 game season. If they tie for the number one or any other seed, then hold a coin flip. After watching the the teams interact on Monday night, I feel that in the spirit of cooperation, they would agree to doing that. There's no way, at least in my opinion, that the game could or should be completed. Um, I I hear I hear what Bruce is saying. I don't I don't know what to say to that though. Right? Like I don't know what to say. If if what Bruce is saying is it the emotions of those two teams going back to the same field at some point would be too much. I mean what happens if that's how things work out in the playoffs? I'm just asking, right? Like what happens if in the divisional round of the playoffs the Bengals are slated to play in Buffalo? Is is two teams the same two teams playing at a different field does that make the emotion less? I, I'm not. I'm not trying to be callous, you know. I'm. I'm just. I'm asking the question. I, I would say the first thing is time. The first thing is, I. I would say, take your time. Figure out what's happening with Demar Hamlin. Then figure all these other things out. That. I mean, that's just to me the way it would go. And if it requires two more weeks to figure it all out and then be able to play football again, then start the season again in two weeks. There is an argument for just saying there will be no week 18 this year. But the Bills and Bengals can complete this game whenever they're ready to and that will be the end of the regular season and then everyone will have played an even amount of games and you know the teams that are on the outside looking in will be disappointed by that. Right, like the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who played so well down the stretch, would be very disappointed by it. But you know, at some point, you look at them and you say, "Guys, you know, we're sorry, but this is more significant than that." And that's a that's a difficult pill to swallow for people. But I mean, at some point, you have to be willing to understand. Once upon a time, I'll, I'll give you an example. Once upon a time, I got caught up. As a young person, in 2008, you might remember, the Ravens were scheduled to play week two in Houston. And then there was a hurricane. And there was a lot of idiocy about 
well, the Texans knew this was coming. They should have to forfeit. Why should the Ravens have to give up their to have their bye week now when they were practicing all week and lose their bye week this season? And I remember talking to someone who I greatly respect in the league office about this, and that person saying to me, Glenn, there was a hurricane. Think about common decency. And I needed that. I needed to be hit in the face with that. And in all these conversations that we'll inevitably have, I think we need to keep that in perspective. All right. Um, you know, I, this is very difficult, but I, at the center of this is a man, and a man who I, I just want to get to know a little bit better. And I think you'll remember a couple of months ago, I spoke so highly about our next guest's uh, book, Blood and Guts, about the tight end position, and I enjoyed it so much. And I was pointed to a profile that he had written about DeMar Hamlin for his website, golongtd.com, and and it's a really powerful look at DeMar Hamlin, the man, and I appreciate because I know he's, he's a very busy day, and I can only imagine his emotions right now, but I appreciate Ty Dunn taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Ty, it's Glenn in Baltimore. Good morning, my friend. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, good, good morning to you. Uh, thanks so much for, for having me back, and I mean, perfectly said, I think we're all in a state of shock, you know, everybody throughout the country. It's, it's hard to even put into words. Um, Ty, in reading your profile and the time that you spent with DeMar Hamlin, um, his story is remarkable. I mean, really remarkable. Where he came from and the words beat the odds just, I don't know, scream at you that, you know, and, it, and in the context, obviously, it remains terrifying because you're, you're praying that he's beating the odds again at this point, but for those that don't know his background, and I'm not asking you to give away the entire story, but can you share with everyone a little bit more about where DeMar Hamlin came from and why it's so significant that he reached this point in his life? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think it's so important for people to know the human being, and that, that's probably the biggest, the one takeaway we can, we can, if we're trying to make sense of all of this, I just hope that we all realize that these aren't robots. These aren't cogs in the machine. These aren't, you know, nameless, faceless uh, players to plug into a fantasy lineup. I mean, these are human human beings who come from some really rough places. And Demar Hamlin is one of those. He came from the Keith Rocks, just outside of Pittsburgh. And the way he put it is, more than half of the kids he grew up with are dead. Um, and it has affected him in a profound way simultaneously as he's seen so many friends just kind of succumb um, to just senseless, senseless murders. He, he loses his dad. He's in a courtroom at 12, and his dad is sentenced to 10 years and ends up doing three and a half. So he doesn't have a dad. You know, every, since then, his dad has gotten his life back on track, has a trucking business, everything's good. But it, it's some very, very important years in his life. He didn't have a dad. He's losing so many of his friends. And football really did become that outlet for DeMar Hamlin. That, that became his sanctuary where he was able to really find himself as, as a boy, becoming a man. And, of course, you know, and he could have gone anywhere. And he, was, he was so good in high school, he could have really picked his college. He chose the University of Pittsburgh because it was close to home. He knew there were kids that would look up to him. And uh, he, he wanted to really be that beam of light uh, for a lot of kids to grow up uh, the way the way he did and and yeah in the story he really does take it 
one friend to the next that he lost over time, really into when he became a college student and how it affected him. I mean, and there's so much more to it. I don't mean to ramble on and on, no. but even in college, you know, he had a he had a really mysterious injury, like a hernia that was, you know, mistreated by the doctors there and needed several surgeries. Played through it, played through so much pain, just just to get to this point, just to get to the NFL, and and he is driven by that by that sense of purpose to uh, to really be an inspiration for kids that were in the exact same position he was, McKees Rock. Tyler, what you write about with his father being gone and his relationship with his mother, I think one of the things that all of us were were being hit by so much last night was the idea of his mother being there and witnessing this, and I think you can speak to their relationship because his father was in jail for those years. Can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, the relationship that DeMar Hamlin shared with his mom? Unbelievably close. You're right. I mean, you're, you're going you're, you're gonna to become so close in a moment like that where there's no playbook for how, how you handle life as a, as a teen, let alone being the mother of that teen when, when dad isn't there. And, I, and, and you, you see this so often throughout the NFL, the bond between a mother and a son, it's, you can't even put it into words. Honestly, that's kind of where my thoughts went soon after we, we saw this happen and we're all mortified. You know, I'm, I, I grabbed the binoculars from the press box. I'm looking down, seeing the CPR being administered. I mean, the, uh, 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 a pall over the stadium doesn't even do it justice. There was no sounds whatsoever. And that's what I thought of. Like, where's his mom? Mm-hmm. Where's his dad? Where's his family? What are they possibly thinking right now? Because football doesn't matter. Nothing else matters other than DeMar Hamlet. And that's really where all of our our thoughts and our deepest, deepest prayers should be today. He is Tyler Dunn. Um, It's golongtd.com. And we're going to link up on our Twitter account, at Glenn Clark Radio, his profile of DeMar Hamlin, which is, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's an incredibly powerful read about this young man. Um, Tyler, can you tell us, give us any perspective from covering the Bills about what he means to those guys and the quality of the person that he is. Look, I think anybody, even if it was a guy they didn't know that just showed up this week that goes through something like this, you're going to see a lot of emotions involved. But uniquely, given who he is, given what he's all about, um, and his relationship with that locker room, what what they're feeling because it's DeMar Hamlin. You know, that's the thing. If it's any player, it's you know, we're, we're feeling the same way today. I mean, this has never happened. I mean, there's no no parallel for, for what we're seeing and living right now. Um, but just the person that DeMar Hamlin is, I mean, he, his smile is infectious. His laugh is infectious. He's just got such a kind soul that I think the players, coaches, everybody, you just kind of gravitate toward him. And that's such a big theme at, at One Bill's Drive is, you know, when you enter the building – they, they really do believe, I was just talking to Taiwan Jones, a special teamer, about this, on, on being a plus, not a negative. Bring in just, just positive energy, whatever that entails. Whatever's going on in your life, just try, try to be just a source of positivity because that's contagious. You're going to feel it. You're, you're going to become a positive person. You're going to be optimistic. And I think that he does embody and epitomize everything that Sean McDermott and Brandon B. want down those lines. Then um, you could feel it. You could see it. The the raw reactions from all of those teammates just say everything you need to know about DeMar Hamlin. It's, I know, I, you know, after thinking about his parents, I have the next person I kind of thought of is uh, Dane Jackson. You know, they were teammates at oh, Pitt. yeah. And, and, you know, and they're unbelievably close. They might even be best friends. 
Dan Dane had a, a severe injury, if you remember. I believe it was the Titans Monday night game, week two. And unlike this, you know, this, this almost looked like an ordinary collision, right? It was, it was strange. It wasn't anything that we, we haven't really seen in the game. The Dane Jackson one is, it's, I mean, it, I, you can't even put it in the words. I mean, his, his, his neck, his head just kind of snap in a direction it never should. He's down, and that shook DeMar Hamlin at a deep level. I mean, he, he really struggled with seeing his friend go through that. Lo and behold, Dane's back in a couple weeks playing. Um, so, you know, for, for Dane Jackson to now see what DeMar Hamlin's going through, I, I can't imagine. Can you, Tyler, just, and, and I know you mentioned being there last night. Can you just sort of walk me through what I, – I mean, I've covered a lot of sporting events in my life, right? But I, I can't even imagine what this is like to witness this, to have everything processing. Everybody else was sort of processing it through, like, Twitter, and, and there was a lot of idiocy there. It was a really bad night on Twitter. But, like, can you just take me through covering something like this? You know, obviously there being the human connection of this being somebody that you've gotten to know and you've talked to so much – and just everything that goes on in your mind as you showed up to cover what we all thought was a, you know, a game of the year football game last night. You know, I think covering it, we, we've become so uh, desensitized to the initial scene. You know, that initial scene of, okay, here's, here's a player on his backside, even as scary as it was to see the replay when he just kind of fell over. Sadly enough, we've seen that. And we've seen the stretcher come out. We've seen players on a knee. Um, we've seen an ambulance come out. But we always expect the thumbs up, the wave, an acknowledgement, movement, anything, something. And you could feel it in the stadium with however many people, with 70,000 people. Everybody's so silent. Everybody is trying to make sense of this all. And as soon as some teammates kind of started moving around, people thought that moment came in the stadium. And they started cheering because it was like, okay. Tamar Hamlin's going to be okay. Right. Um, and then you, when you really had the binoculars and you looked down, A, and I did this with the binoculars, I saw the CPR being administered, and it's, it's horrifying. I mean, at that point, football doesn't even matter at all. And then you see the teammates' reactions, and, and you can just see how um, this is, that they were all going through something that they, they probably have never gone through anything remotely close to in their, in their lives. And it, this is... I guess unprecedented is the word, mortified is the word, and, and, and covering it, you just don't really know. You don't know what's going on. You know, are they going to try to play? Right. Are they really going to try to play? And then the NFL did the right thing, the Bills and Bengals did the right thing, and it's like, no, there's, there's just no way this is happening. I just kind of worked my way down to the field, and you know, I'm good buddies with uh, like t- Tim Graham and Armando Square. We're just kind of all standing down there, and we're like, well, we don't really know what's happening. We, we think some players are still there. We think some are at the hospital. There's Nobody really knew, and eventually we just kind of made our way out to the field, walked around, and some people made their way to the hospital, and I think everybody is in that same position of just praying for good news. Um, That's all we can do is pray, pray and hope. Tyler, before I let you go, I, I, I wanted to ask you just about, you know, if there's a local connection for us, it's, it's seeing that image of Stefan Diggs, um, just, just having to go to the hospital and... You know, seeing his humanity these this last year or yeah. so, and his relationship with the young man who lost his father, and I apologize, I've forgotten his name off the top of my head, and I, and I've I've always had such admiration for Steph from when he was at Maryland, and certainly had wished a number of times that the Baltimore Ravens would have figured out a way to have Stephon Diggs on their roster. But 
can, can you tell me about what he's become as a leader, <laughs> as a man in that community um, what, since arriving in Buffalo? <laughs> yeah. It is deep and it is profound in its own regard. I mean, this is, this is somebody who was, I mean, to put it lightly disenfranchised by everything happening in Minnesota with Mike Zimmer, wanted out, wanted a fresh start. And, you know, as I think he, you know, getting traded to Buffalo probably had a lot of the same thoughts a lot of people have when they end up in Buffalo. Like, all right, well, I don't like 80 inches of snow. Right. <laughs> you right. Know, so not a lot to do here. And uh, I was the leader they needed behind the scenes vocally. Nobody works harder than Stephon Diggs. And, you know, he's, I think he's open, too, to, like, constructive criticism. I mean, getting to know Taiwan Jones well, and there's a special teamer that can push Diggs. So they, they all they all kind of play off of each other. But yeah, in the community, too, he's beloved, and they love him, and he's really the leader spiritually, emotionally, and obviously physically athletically on the field that that is that has become the Buffalo Bills. So, um, I you know, I, I, to see him shed those tears, too, uh, your, heart, your heart just goes out. I, I don't know how Obviously, in the moment, you're thinking, how, how in the hell do you even play a football game? And, and the defense was ready to take the field. They, they were jumping up there, stretching, and, and then obviously things changed. I don't know how you play a game. How do you, when is it the right time to even think about football? I, I can tell you, I don't think any one of those players, any one of those teammates have even put their mind there because it's, it's where it should be. It's with Damar Hamlin. No, there's no question. And to your point, by the way, that image of him hugging Sean McDermott uh, in Detroit is one of my favorite images of the season. Um, just the power of that moment was really incredible. Uh, yep. uh, Tyler Dunn, I know you're a busy man. I know you're going through a lot yourself. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I encourage everybody to read this piece that uh, Tyler Dunn has written at golongtd.com about DeMar Hamlin. Uh, thank you for joining us this morning, my friend, and our best to everybody in Buffalo. All right. No, th- th- thanks so much for the opportunity, and I really appreciate you, you having me on and, and doing DeMar justice. Thanks a lot. Absolutely, man. Tyler Dunn, a uh, heck of a writer, um, and, and again, wrote just an absolutely unbelievably deep profile about DeMar Hamlin, um, that, and we have linked it up on our Twitter account at Glenn Clark Radio. We truly encourage you to go read it because it is extraordinarily powerful um, in getting to know the young man that's at the center of all of our thoughts at the moment in the world of sports. Um, you know, and that image that, that they showed on ESPN, I, I, I don't know how everybody else was. I really, I, when the game was called, my first thought was, I, I can't keep, this is macabre. Like, I can't, I can't keep watching it. But I couldn't stop watching it because you just, wanted to know something there was an emptiness that you felt and if I flip over if I try to watch I'm not my first thought was well I haven't had a chance to watch Last Chance You yet so I had planned to watch football tonight I had worked the Stevenson basketball game earlier that was over I was home my plans for the night were to sit and watch football so I had a night in front of me. I was going to write uh, power rankings. How trivial. <laughs> My God. I, I, I swear to God, I started to go rank them. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> Ranking football teams? No. <laughs> like, no. I'm not going to do that. Um, I do think I'm going to. I wrote something this weekend about Maryland football that I think is going to run this week at PressBoxOnline.com and I don't know when, but 
Um, you know, it was it's unrelated, obviously, to what's going on. And I said, oh, I'll go, I'll go watch Last Chance You. Like, this is my opportunity to watch Last Chance You. And then as soon as I went to go pick it, I'm like, I'm not going to be... I'm not going to be invested. My my thought process is going to be, what is going on here? Quickly, today's show was, was also brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Um, use the code TAILGATE, save $100, and you go to ginsugrills.com. Again, ginsugrills.com. I'm sorry. Whew. I don't know. Just I, I. On top of everything else, I got a whole allergy thing going on today. <laughs> of all the days, right? Of all the days to also have allergies going on. Ginsugirls.com. Use the code tailgate. Save one hundred dollars. John, I believe it's it's one of those words that you could say either way, macabre or macabre. I believe there's a few words like that that you're convinced are definitely one thing. Then somebody tells you another thing, and you're like. But for my entire life, I've believed it to be this thing. I believe it can be macabre or macabre, but I, I don't, don't quote me on that. I believe I used macabre for a long time. Then somebody told me it was macabre, and then I went with that. Now, yes, John tells me both are correct. So there's that. I got that going for me. Um, I, I just couldn't bring myself to do it, and so I just sat and I watched, and I was watching, and it was just. It was empty and it was it was tough. Uh, Ryan Clark, by the way, of course, I think everybody was was amazing. I think he offered the absolute most in that coverage last night. He was unbelievable, and I just kept sticking with it out of the hope that you would learn something. Um, I think we were all encouraged by, you know, what uh, was shared by his marketing rep, which um, you know the man's name is Jordan Rooney, works with. DeMar Hamlin in a marketing capacity and set up or sent out some information last night. His vitals are back to normal. They put him to sleep to put a breathing tube down his throat. They're currently running tests. We'll provide updates as we have them. And that sounded good, but still, if if he's not breathing on his own, like, I just don't know enough. I have no idea what to make of it. And I just kept wanting there to be information. And I think we all kind of feel the same way today. We just desperately want there to be something, you know, something of as far as information is concerned. Uh, you know, I, it's interesting because I, I, had, I had people message me and they were doing it the right way. They were saying, look, I understand this does not matter. But think about someone who's like fantasy football title was up for grabs last night, right? Like, what what do you do? And I'm like, I, again, the first part is it doesn't matter. But then the second part is, but like, I get it. I Somebody's having that. Somebody is dealing with that today. Proctor just brought up, like, we, we did a side bet for picks. It's It's just irrelevant. I mean, at some point, we're going we're gonna to deal with it, I guess. At some point in the future, we'll think about it. But who cares today? <sighs> I'm just all feeling the same thing, man. We're just all feeling it. We're all feeling it. All right. Um, we are going to talk uh, some Maryland in hour number two of the program. 
uh, Charles Arbuckle work their bowl game. We're first going to get his thoughts as a, as a player, as someone who played at the highest level, seen a lot of things. We're going to get his thoughts on what happened last night and how everybody involved processes it. And then we'll talk to him a little bit about um, what he saw from Maryland as they wrapped up their season by winning the Mayo Bowl last Friday. So we are going to do that. That will be um, it's something that happens. We're also going to talk some college basketball in the second hour of the program. That's all on the way. Hour number one of today's show is also, uh, or how about just a reminder that Stan the Fan is going to return. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. He's dealing with some family things uh, right now, but he will be back, and they will be back to a normal schedule. We don't know exactly when that's going to occur, but Stan the Fan will be back in 2023, giving you two shows a week at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. All right. Um, Charles R. Barkle coming up next. Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today whether your focus is luxury and comfort convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling we've got the perfect highlander for you check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new highlanders from your local toyota dealer today Looking for some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK Holiday Racing on Monday, January 16th, and the Winter Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot. Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting laurelpark.com. Another Orioles season is in the books and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off season, discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live Live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. It's the perfect time to sign the young basketball fan in your life up for a membership in the Retriever Kids Club. It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It makes a great gift. Visit umbcretrievers.com slash kids club for more info. Membership is available for kids 12 and under in the Retriever Kids Club. Again, umbcretrievers.com slash kids club. 
If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. Hey, I mentioned at the top of the show, we are not going to do Simply the Bets today. It just does not feel appropriate. Um, We will plan on there being, at least as of right now, plan on there being a weekend at Bookies this Thursday and hope that you will join us for that. Um, but it's always still the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, the best place to watch and bet on everything, uh, including uh, Fight Night Saturday night with Gervonta Davis uh, in action. So you want to reserve your spot right now, avoid having to purchase the fight on uh, pay-per-view. Instead, watch it for free, win some money. They're expecting a huge crowd in the FanDuel Sportsbook on Saturday night. So email events at sportssocialmd.com right now in order to reserve your spot for fight night Saturday night in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. All right. Uh, obviously, you know, everything we understand that the, the center of the universe in the football world is what's going on um, right now with DeMar Hamlin, and we will continue to monitor that. And I want to get a perspective on that from our next guest, but we will also be asking him about uh, what he saw as he worked the ESPN radio broadcast for the Duke's Mayo Bowl last Friday as Maryland beat NC State. He's been a friend of ours for a long time. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the program Mr. Charles Arbuckle, who's with us here on GCR. Charles, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's good to chat with you. Happy New Year, my friend. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Uh, before we get into Maryland, Charles, I, you know, I just I can only imagine what's going through anybody's mind as you watch that last night. Can you... You know, from from the view of someone who played this game at the highest level and who knows the dangers of playing football, um, and I'm sure you've seen a lot of your teammates and, and yourself go through a lot of things, but just what your emotions were as you watched that unfold last night. Yeah, I, I uh, my heart went out to his family. Um, my heart went out to all those players on the field. I could sense from playing with Troy, I could see it and hear it in his voice. I know Booger very well. I know... I could hear it in his voice. I don't know Ryan Clark as well, but we've all come around the same time. Um, and then Lisa Salters, who kept mm-hmm. coming on. She mm-hmm. was on the field. The sense of being, you know, I've been in the pharmaceutical business, healthcare for the last 25 years, and I'm not a doctor. I don't play one at all. But I've been around enough situations where there, uh, where you know there's a sense of urgency. Uh, when you have to get CPR given and when you have to bring out the defibrillators, and you have to have oxygen, those aren't good things. Uh, and the players knew that as well. You could see guys crying, praying, uh, the medical personnel that hit the field as quickly as they could. You see Medical Center, which is not far from Cincinnati, if you've never been there, it's probably a 10-minute drive, maybe less, because they're able to get there quicker. Um, it, I just, I could see grown men understanding that, hey, this is, this is not the normal, you tear an ACL, you have a concussion that the guy walks off and he's okay, or uh, a knee injury or, you know, shoulder injury where, hey, you know he's going to be okay. It's just, oh, you feel bad for him. This is a situation where I see a coach and coaches coming to each other and saying, we're not playing. Basically, bump whatever the league says. We're not playing. We're not going to put our guys through this. And so – that's to me is true leadership. I have nothing but mad respect now for McDermott that had, and all those guys that had to be put in that situation where the league didn't step in and just say, look, we're not going to play. 
the guys can't play. You can't, you can see them visibly shaken after this. And, you know, I, I've never served in the military, but you hear guys talking through some of those things, the same, the trauma that it, it places on you when you see one of your comrades injured or hurt. I, I've never seen anybody collapse like that on the field. I've been around a lot of football. I've never seen anything like that. You're all, you know that you sign up for it, mm-hmm. but you don't know that you sign up for, I'm going to have to have somebody save my life as I lay on that, on that field. Can you, you know, g- give me the perspective of, like, when might you be capable of thinking about it? Can you Can you even give a concept of, like, when the, anyone who is involved with that would be physically capable of considering football again? At, I'm not even talking about playing, but just having yeah. your mind anywhere but thinking about DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, I, I think until they know he is in, the best care and, and able to return, you know, you're not getting any, any other information. I know some of the guys you saw Stefan Diggs going there, you know, the coaches and the organization, but I still don't know if that, you know, makes it okay. Just because you, you saw something that you can never just wipe away. You can't forget what you saw. So I think the big thing is, that, look, this is a businessman, and I know those guys, they have their meeting rooms, and they're doing some things now. But I think the biggest thing is making sure that these guys are all right, each one of them. Yeah. Um, you know, because we're all tough guys. We don't say, oh, we don't need this. We don't right. need this. They need to be able to voice how they feel. And I'm glad they said this five-minute thing, and you knew, like, like, there's no way they can play. My son and I were watching it last night. I was like, they can't play that game right now. It, it, it would be a cluster if they tried to go out there. And not it, what it would do to those guys. And, and I knew it was serious when not a peep out of the fans in the stand. Right. Right. Which uh, is, uh, you know, <laughs> Bills and Bengals fans, you know, it... it yeah, when when things like that happen and, and and you get to see it and it's not what you want to see, and I hope I never have to see it again. I, I know this is a small thing and it's trivial in comparison, but I actually think that the the fans in attendance at last night's game deserve a lot of credit because I think Seabuck, you've been doing a lot of broadcasting, you've been allowing a lot of drunk, revved up fans that only consider themselves, and you know we see fights regularly in stands these days and. I frankly, I for the most part stopped going. When they said, "Hey, you can come in studio and do post game and not have to worry about being at games," I was like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm in because I'm I'm over being around that stuff." But the restraint that they showed last night and the way that there were no booze and anything like that, I I actually oddly think that they deserve the folks in Cincinnati that were at that game deserve credit for how they handled. You know, a situation in the, in the immediacy of obviously a lot of people spent a lot of money for tickets to a really big game last night. It's, yeah, you know, and it's interesting. I, the Cincinnati Bengal fans are like Bills fans. They're really knowledgeable. We used to play there once a preseason when I was in Indy. Sure. So I've, I've been, you know, I've been around that fan base, and and they're and for the most part, you know, you can go to some places where it can be crazy, but I think in that situation last night, I think everybody to a person knew something was more severe than just the normal. Hey, he's going to get up, or he's going to give us a thumbs up and leave. I, I don't think the the players cared, but I think they could see the concern 
for not only the Bills players, but the Bengals players that were shaken up as well to know one of your own was laying there and, you know, they didn't know what the next thing was going to be and took them a while to get them in the ambulance and they even leave. So I think that to me, probably the severity of it made people understand, Hey, this is not the normal. You just, you know, we're going to move the ball 15 yards and we're going to keep playing. This is something that that, that is, is way more severe. And, and I hate, but I'm happy that DeMar Hamlin's mom was in the, in the stands as well, just at least so she could be there with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if other family members, but that's the one thing I heard. And just knowing a couple of folks on both staffs, just understanding just how they're all still shook up. Yeah. Uh, Charles Arbuckle is with us here on GCR. And, and Charles, obviously, we, we know that everything else we're going to talk about pales in comparison. So, of course, we, we make sure that we say that we are everyone's minds, everyone's thoughts and hearts are with uh, DeMar Hamlin and uh, everybody in Buffalo. Um, that said, uh, I did want to take a couple minutes to talk to you about what you saw from Maryland football on Friday because, um, I, 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 Charles, honestly, I think that was kind of significant, what we saw. I, I know bowl games are weird and, you know, how much they matter to everybody. I don't, I don't know what to make of it. But a Maryland program that was trying to show that they are still on an upward trajectory and that they are going to be able to continue sort of breaking through in what is a, a very difficult conference in order to do that – this year there were some positive signs, right? After they a year ago their six Big Ten losses were by thirty points, an average of thirty points. This year their five losses were by an average of thirteen points. Like that's progress. They were competitive with Ohio State and Michigan, but playing a good team and what was you know mostly a home game for them, that and with doing it without any of their top receivers, and as depleted as they were, and with their quarterback not even playing all that well. I think it's it makes a statement about the sustainability of the program and what Mike Loxley has built on the whole, that it's not just about, you know, one player or anything like that. There really is something there that Maryland is doing. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. When I started looking at the, the rosters and heard, you know, Maryland had like 16 guys. I, I can't remember the final number that we're not going to play. But what just blew me away was Jacob Copeland out. Dante Demas, Rakeem Jarrett. It's like, whoa, that's a lot of production at your receiver position. And then, you know, when you lose the tight end that has, what, 30 catches and three touchdowns, and he's tied for the second most on your team, C.J. Dupree, I was like, oh, my goodness, that's a lot of lost, you know, uh, folks. But then when you started talking to the staff and getting an understanding of Ty Felton and, punch knots and some of the other guys that were there. And, and I really looked at it on offense first and foremost, because this North Carolina state, I call their spring game. I've been around the program. I did some games. I don't know this year, last year for sure, but this year I've just kind of watched them. Cause I know I like what Tony Gibson does on defense. That defense is really, really good. We've talked a lot about Clemson. I still think North Carolina state may be the best defense pound for pound in the ACC but their offense just struggled so much and they lost so much on offense and they were depleted on the, on the defensive side, especially in the back end. But with a guy like Tanner Engel, who just is a heat seeking missile. And I even said it on the broadcast, just reminded me a few times of Chuck Cecil. Hmm. I knew that this was not a game right away. We could sense it, that it wasn't a game where it was like, they're, they're, they're mailing it in. These dudes were hammering each other. And I think what happened, Maryland had heard all week or all bowl prep, 
North Carolina State's defense is awesome. I'm going to tell you what, Tank Booker showed up. Mm. You know, if you look at the different, Cowan showed up, Warham yeah. showed up. They had guys that showed up, Bo, Bo Braid. So to me, what I thought it was was that Loxley and the staff did a really good job of getting guys ramped up to bowl games because what happens is you can do it too much where you get to a point where guys are just fed up and they basically said, I don't give a F. I don't care what happens. I didn't see that out of Maryland team. They didn't play well offensively, but they were playing a team that does a three, three, five stack drop eight is hard. Uh, and, and you got to be patient. And sometimes Tunga Valoa wasn't patient with throwing the ball and it got into bad places. But then other times you pull something out and you're like, Oh, wow. The biggest thing for me was I, I saw two teams that both were kind of in the same place. One wanted to win nine games. The other one wanted to get to eight. And Loxley, I think, did a really nice job of getting his guys prepped and ready to go, just like North Carolina State did, but just for a team that hadn't had a lot of success in the big stage and opportunities like this, they did it the right way. And I think that was the most impressive thing out of that win. It wasn't offensively impressive, but right. it was just impressive. You know, it was grimy. It was one of those, you know, just gritty wins that you get and you look back and you say, man, we left it all on the field. And even though it was a bowl game, to me, it was kind of the early genesis of these bowl games that started to really show you how competitive you could be if you showed up and played hard and played well. There's a decision that still needs to be made by Talia Tungavailoa, and it's awkward because it's easy for us to say, well, this guy's not going to be a first-round pick, but he's also going to be 23 here in a little bit, and some guys are just you know, ready to kind of get on with their life and, and what's next, but he does have the option of one more year coming out of the pandemic if he so chooses. Um, if, if he asked you, Charles Harbuckle, hey, man, like, what do you think? What, what, would, what would you say to Talia Tungavailoa about this decision that's in front of him? Yeah, I'd, I'd really give them all the – what are the pros and cons? I mean, I'm big on that, you know, like really breaking those down. He's seen his brother have multiple, multiple concussions, so it can happen in college or pro. That could be one thing in the back of his mind. He's had a few yeah. nicks. He's had some knee injuries. So you got to think about that when people weigh these decisions. But the other thing is if, you know, I would also get the counsel of any of the, the pro scouts. And I know Lox, Mike Loxley and his staff are going to do that, especially with Dan Enos. They've been around enough guys. Enos has seen Kirk Cousins when he was young. They're going to get him the best possible information to say, hey, here's, the, here's how you make your decision. But then ultimately, if it's not a high round grade, and he was playing well at the end of the season because there were stretches, man, when, when they, especially at Wisconsin and the Penn State game, I don't think that Maryland offense played very well. And I can't blame it on one person. But down the stretch, even when the loss to Ohio State and especially the Rutgers game, he started to look like, okay, the light bulb was coming on. And I think that's the thing that they're going to sell him on. Hey, we got guys coming back. You got a really good opportunity. I think they've got some good young offensive linemen that they've recruited, along with the guys that they had. They had some nick, nicked up guys in that game, I, I understand. But the one thing that he has to know from his offensive staff, are y'all going to protect me a little bit better? When you see 39 sacks on the year, oh, not yeah. all him, yeah. but a large percent, people don't take into account how many quarterback hits, how many hurries. How many times was he just putting a bad his body put in bad situations because of this offensive line or the tight end group or the whole protection didn't help him? So I think those are the things he's going to consider. And if he was my son, I'd say, look, look at all those 
certain way? Do you really? Because I think he's having a great experience in college. And that's the other thing. You can't get that back. So if you want that, do everything you can to get yourself ready. Get the Lloyds of London policy, the policy whatever it's called now, whatever right, it should be. Right, right. Go out and play and then just go out and play. And I think if he does that, and and I'm sure Danny Enos and Mike Loxley are going to you know, try to walk him through that. They want him to stay, but they're also going to be like, hey, this, these are the things that we're hearing, and we're going to give you all that information. And having an older brother in the league also helps because you can then seek counsel from Tua. And I think that's the thing. My, my big part would be if you want the college experience and you think your draft status has any potential to grow, go, stay. But if you think this is where you have to be and you want to get out of here, then you might have to leave. Uh, Charles, before I let you go, if you could, just what you've seen of what Mike Loxley has done in in these years at Maryland, and obviously the pandemic hit everybody, but you know the way that they've stabilized, they've shown some progress. Do you feel like they are capable of inching closer to being more competitive? It's just so daunting, right, what they're up against. I mean, this is yeah. the, the blue bloods of college football that we're talking about. Do you see signs that they could be moving in that direction, or you know, are you still skeptical that they're going to be more than a team that can win maybe seven, eight games in their best season, and that's just the reality of what they're up against? You know, man, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic for, for my – here's one reason why, as, as crew. They can recruit. Now, that was, that was never an issue, right? The problem had always been can they coach the recruits that they get? Can they develop those guys? And the one thing that I thought was really interesting, and I hadn't heard many people doing this. We used to do something similar when I was at UCLA for bowl prep, but it wasn't quite like this. He said they reinstalled the first four to five days of training camp, and it helped the guys on the offense to marinate and really learn. Because think about this. Some of the young guys that were going to play have been playing scout teams, so they haven't had a chance to really be themselves. And I thought that was really interesting. And those, those are insightful things that I think he's picked up from being with Nick and some of the Ralph Friesen things that he likes to, to, pro- to proclaim. Yeah. If they can keep those folks in the DMV and not let them get to Penn State, not let them get out to, um, you know, all the other schools that, that come and recruit that area, I think they've got a chance. I'm cautiously optimistic because I saw some things that I hadn't seen from them in bowl season and I hadn't seen in them, from them consistently over the last few years but their fight, especially down the stretch. Uh, after the Penn State loss, to come out and still play competitive against Ohio State, challenge Ohio State, that to me was a good sign. And I think that's the only thing you can look at. And then to come out and win a bowl game where you have a team on the other side that was pissed that UCLA didn't let them get their 10th win the year before, and you knew they were coming to play, and they were in their home stadium, basically. I thought, or home state in particular, I thought that is a good sign for for folks up in Maryland, I, and then being able, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I I agree. I look again. I'm I'm not trying to to, to be you know, uh, too grandiose in the commentary and to suggest that I think I just think it's still largely positive, and they're still kind of largely going in the right direction, and. Um, I think it, it, they deserve a little bit more of a buy-in from the fan base, given how difficult it is to break through in this league. And you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I think cautiously optimistic is a really good way of putting it, Charles. I really, I feel a lot of those things. Um, Charles Arbuckle, well, yeah, go ahead. 
I think the 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 last minute surge that they got to on signing day. Yeah, those are good. Whenever you get that, that that kind of shows you. Even though you lose guys, I think to be able to do that consistently, that that gives you a chance to at least be in it. Charles, is there anything that we can plug for you, sir? No, man. I'm just, uh, you know, it's good to get to the end of, of the bowl season. I'm just out here. You know, I got my podcast that I do now. I'll ramp that up a little bit, chopping it up with Buck, which is on – you can find it on almost any platform. It's just a way for me to get with guys. It started during COVID, uh, but it's kind of extended now, just being able to get with guys and have long-form conversations as opposed to 10 or 15-minute sound bites. That's great. Uh, at Charles Arbuckle on Twitter as well as how you follow him. Charles, really appreciate it. I know it's a tough day for everybody in the football world, but appreciate you coming on with us and uh, giving your perspective. Happy New Year, my friend. We'll talk again soon, all right? All right, take care. Charles Arbuckle with us here on GCR. Um, I, my column about Maryland football is up today at PressBoxOnline.com. My opinion, I don't want to give everything away, but my opinion is that they deserve a little bit more, even some of the, from some of the more skeptical. There's always a percentage of a fan base that is going to be invested no matter what. I, I think as much as you'd like to see Maryland win a game against a true blue blood to to really buy in, I think they deserve a bit more buy-in from the casual fan in the area. I think there should be more of an acknowledgement of the steps forward they've taken. It's very difficult. Then they got to prove that it's sustainable. I mean, they got to prove that it's not just about, you know, having a quarterback and that if at some point Talia Tungavalo is gone, they're going to take three steps back. I think there's give it's a give and take thing. I think that they've earned more buy-in from the fan base, the casual fan base that exists. I think they still have to prove that they can continue to I I'll make the comparison. I'm giving away. I'm doing the bit. I'm doing the bit where I just give away the column. After the first 3 years of Ralph Regan's tenure at Maryland, Maryland had won an ACC championship, a Gator Bowl against West Virginia, a Peach Bowl against Tennessee. And so in the next two years, when they won five games in each of the next two seasons, there was more grace afforded to Ralph Regan because he had banked more over those first three years. Now, in hindsight, he inherited better players. Mike Loxley hasn't done that. And he was in the ACC, not the Big Ten. Mike Loxley hasn't done that, right? So... If they turn around and win five games each of the next two years, there's not going to be the same grace afforded to Mike Loxley. They they still have to keep moving in that right path. But I just think that there should be an acknowledgement of, well, maybe this wasn't a wildly successful season. There was success. They took steps forward. I I think there should be willing, there should be a bit more of a buy-in in general from the casual fan in the area. I write about that today at PressBoxOnline.com. All right. Uh, today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Matt Torper, thank you for checking in. I did also, Matt yesterday brought up... Um, 
that you know the wide receiver position is the end all be all for the Ravens like whatever other conversations you want to have the wide receiver position and I don't inherently disagree with that I still think that they're gonna ultimately change offense coordinators I think a lot of people were there was a, a lot of reaction yesterday of course again in comparison to what's going on in football there's no real reason to spend a lot of time talking about John Harbaugh's press conference but the comments that he made about Gus Edwards and saying he should have played more and everybody saying right you're the coach why why are you telling me a day later that he should have played more instead of in the media saying he should be playing more and that's a fair question i'm not as worked up about it because as i said i don't think that was a gus edwards game on sunday night i think the steelers showed you weren't running in the middle of the field now does that mean they couldn't have done more of it not at all. I mean, they definitely could have kept trying, but I don't think that was what was missing. I, I I think, honestly, it came down to they just got beat. Me personally, you can have whatever opinion you want to have, but what I saw was they were not, they were getting blown off the ball. And what we learned about how seriously Pittsburgh took this week and it being in pads on Friday, it seemed like it paid off on up front on both sides of the ball. So could they have done more Gus Edwards? Sure. Is it fair to ask if John Harbaugh, in hindsight, thinks there should have been more Gus Edwards, why he didn't in the immediacy say there should be more Gus Edwards? All fair things. Personally, I'm not worked up about that because I don't think that would have made a difference. I don't think the problem Sunday night was they didn't run Gus Edwards enough. Could they have? Yes. Do I think it would have made much of a difference? Not from what I saw. It didn't look like a day where they were going to have great success running in the middle of the field because it looked like they were getting blown up in the middle of the field. I think sometimes the players determine things. And on Sunday, to me, it felt like the players determined that outcome. Now, you want to beat up the preparation during the course of the week? Let's have that conversation. Were the Steelers more prepared during the course of the week than the Ravens were? That's a fair debate. And you want to blame the coaching staff for that? I'll listen to you because I do think that's fair. But I'm the Gus Edwards thing specifically is just not something that I, I'm all that worked up about because I don't think uniquely that was the difference in the football game on Sunday. I get why you guys are alarmed by the way that John Harbaugh said it. I understand that. The, the, the response would be, well, why didn't you do something about it? Why didn't you step in and say, hey, on this drive, how about a little bit more Gus? Now, part of the problem is they just didn't have the ball much in the second half. We got to acknowledge that, too. They didn't run a lot of plays. They didn't have a lot of opportunity. That's what it is. Pales in comparison. All right. Um... UMBC basketball uh, is back at home this week. Opportunity for you to experience game day at the peak, Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. You can go to umbctrievers.com right now to get your tickets. The UMBC men host Albany on Thursday night at 7 o'clock. The women host Bryant on Saturday night at 7 o'clock. Tickets available for both games right now, umbcretrievers.com. And we'll talk some college basketball next with our friend Patrick Stevens. It's Glenn Clark Radio. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual Best of issue. On the cover, we recognize Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman as our 2022 Mo Gabba Sports Person of the Year, and he sits down with us to discuss how his arrival in Baltimore was simultaneous with the Birds' turnaround. Also inside, we recognize the top people, performances, and moments of the year throughout the local sports scene. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Looking for some excitement in the new year? Laurel Park has plenty of live horse racing events to spice things up this January. The much-anticipated winter meet kicks off on January 1st, plus we've got special MLK Holiday Racing on Monday, January 16th, and the Winter Carnival Stakes on Saturday, January 21st. Winter may be cold, but the racing at Laurel Park is hot. Learn more about upcoming January events by visiting laurelpark.com. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com glorydaysgrill Great food, good sports. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. All right, back in here on GCR. Still time for you to take advantage of offers like $100 in free bets from Barstool after placing your first $10 bet or up to $1,500 in risk-free bets from Caesars. Pressboxonline.com slash offers is the website for you to find out more. If you missed it earlier... Uh, we announced that tonight's scheduled Tyus Bowser show has been postponed to next Tuesday, January 10th. Again, next Tuesday, January 10th, will be the next Tyus Bowser show. It will still be at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. We're just going to move it back out of respect to uh, DeMar Hamlin and sort of the unknown 
uh, in the world of football at the moment. We're just choosing to wait one week for the Tyus Bowser Show. So please, not tonight, but next Tuesday, January 10th, we will see you at Guilford Hall Brewery for the Tyus Bowser Show and appreciate all parties involved working with us as it just felt like that was the most appropriate thing to do given the circumstances. All right. Um, again, knowing that everything in the world of sports pales in comparison to what's going on in Buffalo, we will continue to have some sports conversation this morning. Every Tuesday, we talk some college hoops with our friend Patrick Stevens, of course, in the Washington Post and at Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter. How you following? Patrick, good morning. Happy New Year, my friend. Thank you for taking the time for us, as always. Thanks for having me. Um, I want to start. Uh, you and I got to see a ranked basketball team on Saturday, and what you know, after starting off very ugly, turned out to be a really entertaining basketball game between Towson and the College of Charleston. Um, you know, I wonder what we learned from. I mean, obviously Charleston's really good. Towson ends up battling them quite well in the second half, rallying from big deficit as they try to get you know healthy again. Is there any world in which like that that game ends up being sort of more of a positive for Towson than a ne- you know negative losing a home conference game? Yeah, I think at the very least they can walk away from that game feeling like they played better than they had the previous two games against Northern Iowa and Bryant. Uh, no shame in losing a, a, a one possession game in overtime uh, against one of the other really really good teams in the league. Uh, and if you're Towson, you have to walk away from that feeling like you did a fair number of decent things after you got yourself in an early hole. What was it, 11, 11 nothing out of the shoot or whatever it was. Uh, and so you look at the fact that in the second half, Nicholas Timberlake played a lot better. Cam Holden played a lot better. They got a decent showing from Ch- Christian May off the Big bench, time. which was a, yeah. a really significant development, I think, for, for Towson. Um, at the same time, you know, you, you kind of felt like you were, you were looking at an alternate version of Towson and Charleston team that was deep like Towson thought it was going to be, a team uh, that crashes the glass, a team that probably has a few too many turnovers. I mean, if you're Towson, you got to feel like you get in a game with Charleston and they commit 24 turnovers, you got to find a way to win that. Uh, but uh, let's face it, for Towson, it's still going to be defined by what they hope is three days in March. Uh, and Charleston's probably the sort of team that they're going to see, not just toward the end of the regular season, on February 23rd, but quite possibly in D.C. as well. So if you're Towson, you're staring at a five-game losing streak, but there's a chance to get well here uh, in the coming weeks. And and the reality is is that the goal for them has to be get yourself in the top four of the league um, because those are the teams that don't have to play four games in four days if they're going to win a title. So if they can get healthy, and that's the big question, there doesn't seem to be any any new word on Jason Gibson. Right. Uh, and if he doesn't play, let's face it, I mean, it's going to be much more of an uphill battle than if they did have it. The fact that they almost beat Charleston without him it has to be considered a decent sign. Now, how good is Charleston? It's a great story that they're in the top 25 this week. I, I guess the question is, I, really, are, are they a team that sh- is is going to have a chance at getting an at-large berth in the NCAA tournament? Or, like, what what are we looking at when it comes to Charleston? Well, you look at them, they, they've got a victory over Virginia Tech that, that stands out. Uh, and they've got a couple other decent victories that, that might help them. Uh, Kent State, Richmond, what have you. I, I think the, the, the at-large path for Charleston is, is still one that doesn't have a whole lot of uh, – wiggle room in there. Right. I mean, you look and there's a lot of landmines in the CAA 
and their profile, even if they simply win out, is going to get worse from having to play. Uh, you know, they got they have to play Monmouth, and they've got to play, and they've got to play Hampton, and they've got to play William and Mary, and there's there's teams that are just going to drag them down, Elon, a couple times, uh, and so their numbers, whatever they are right now, are not going to get better. So if you're char, or at least not significantly better. So could Charleston in a in a random world where they are 32 and two and lose in a CAA title game, get an at-large berth? Yes, I think that's possible. But there are a lot of landmines yeah. between now and then, uh, and there are a lot of games they simply cannot afford to lose if that's going to be a realistic hope. Yeah, you're painting the picture where they legitimately have to go unbeaten in the CAA, and that is that is almost it's almost impossible. I, as good as they are, it's just extraordinarily difficult for any team to do something like that. It's... No, it, and it's it, it's hard to go undefeated, and it's hard to go winless in a league. So, I think when you when you stare at them, you know that you could you could point to a handful of games, and and the one the other day was one of them, where you go, well, you could probably you could probably get you get away with that. Like they could get away, for example, with losing at UNC Wilmington. Um, but there's a lot of games on there where you're just like that. That's not one that that's not one that's going to be looked upon very favorably. It kind of reminds me of Monmouth from seven years ago uh, when they had the victory over UCLA and they, uh. they beat Notre Dame and everybody's talking about how great they are. And they go and they lose a couple game dud games in the Metro Atlantic and basically had very little chance of getting an at-large at that point, then wound up as a number one seed in the NIT. Patrick Stevens is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Obviously, Patrick, it was uh, not a good day on Sunday for the University of Maryland as they just really kind of never showed up in that game against Michigan. You know, we, you and I talked a lot about how difficult it was going to be for them against teams that have legitimate bigs. And Hunter Dickinson, obviously, there's something even more significant there. But um, you know, he had his way on Sunday. I, I guess the question becomes how much of of this is about that versus how much of it is about Maryland and this thing that you and I have talked about so much with, you know, the continued slow starts and just inconsistency. And it, it, at some extent, is this kind of who they are now? It is, and and let's be let's be candid about the way that this 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 team has is constructed. They don't have a lot of size. Okay, you can work around that, but you you have to be able to knock down outside. Right. Teams. Like that's simply the bottom line. And if you're sitting there and you're staring at having you're shooting thirty one percent from three, which as I look at the Ken Palm page uh, list that is two hundred ninety six nationally. That just isn't going to get it done. I mean, I know everybody was excited about how efficient the offense looked in the early games of the season, and I felt like people got a little carried away with that. Uh, not that they didn't play well against St. Louis and Miami and a few other teams, but this was a team that was probably going to have to follow a similar script to the one that made the tournament two years ago, which was defend like crazy and then hope to scratch out victories in that 64-62, 66-61 kind of way against higher-end teams. And I think especially in the Big Ten, that's what they're going to have to do. And so part of the formula for that is is you you can't have games like they had the other night where you look up and you're 5 of 25 from three-point range and Don Carey's 0 of 8. You know, even going to the UMBC game last week when Don Carey had a breakout game, he he was 5 of 7 from the outside, everybody else was 1 of 17. Right. And so... That, you know, Kevin Willard keeps saying it's a good three-point shooting team, and he says, I know no one believes me, 
And the reason they don't believe him is because they haven't been a good shooting outside shooting uh, during games. If that works, if they if they can make outside shots, they can nullify the fact that they have uh, you know a height disadvantage against a number of these teams. If they can't do that, they're going to be in a boatload of pain uh, against a number of teams. And, and just on the horizon, you've got another game against Michigan on the 19th. They go to Purdue. That's that's not going to be a whole lot of fun, I don't think, against nope. Zach Eady. Um, and uh, Trace Jackson Davis waiting there uh, on January 31st when Indiana comes to town. So, uh, you know, that's among other guys. You know, this is a team that's probably going to struggle even with maybe a little bit the next tier of big guys. So they've got to hit threes, and if they don't hit threes, we're going to be sitting here looking at a team that's, you know, 17 and 14 or 18 and 13 uh, when all is said and done in the regular season. Uh, and by the way, next up for them, all they got to do is go play the team that just beat Purdue <laughs> on the road on Thursday. A team that's playing really, really, really well. well. Right? Basically, Rutgers, Rutgers got healthy um, in mid-December after they put up a 43 uh, and, spot. And, and, and by the way, Cam, Cam Spencer looks like he belongs in the Big Ten. Yeah, you know, there's a great. We should really get it into the juxtaposition of Cam Spencer knocking down a game-winning three on the same day that, that Loyola fell to zero and two and had another mm. uh, lackluster showing in the Patriot League. Uh, but yes, Cam Spencer has has settled in quite nicely for Rutgers, making the transition. Uh, maybe not, maybe not the same sort of a dominant figure that Pat Spencer was on that Northwestern team a few years back but certainly fitting in and proving very valuable to the Scarlet Knights who have now won four in a row uh, since a, a loss on December 11th to Seton Hall. Yeah, no question about that. Um, as far as everything else on the local front this week, I know UMBC took it on the chin against Vermont on Sunday. I, you know, Vermont's really good. Um, I, it, it probably remains to be seen, right? Like, can we, we saw a UMBC team once upon a time take it on the chin at home against Vermont and then turn around and figure out a way to beat them in a championship game. And, you know, I don't remember what that team did afterwards. But, you know, hmm. I, it seems like that's just sort of going to be the story moving forward, right? Like, that, yeah, that happened, but you're probably going to get another opportunity at some point if you can keep playing well as we had seen them playing in the lead-up to last week. Yeah, and Jim Ferry wasn't thrilled with the way that they shared, you know, that they played offense. It didn't, he didn't feel like they had quite the same zip as they had in their six-game winning streak before Christmas. I frankly just, like you say, chalk it up to Vermont being really, really good. They got the Bellarmine transfer, Dylan Penn, uh, who basically wouldn't have transferred if it wasn't for the fact that Bellarmine wasn't eligible for the NCAA tournament as part of that transition period. And so he wanted to use his, his extra year of eligibility someplace and he basically chose the place that was as good a choice as any uh, to be able to get yourself into an NCAA tournament. And Vermont's, again, really, really good. You know, UMBC has a few more of these, uh, you know, barometer games early in league play. They go to Bryant on Sunday. They go to UMass Lowell on the 18th. And I think those, are, those, those two teams, plus UMBC and Vermont, are probably going to be the top tier in the America East this season. So we'll have a better idea here in another two weeks or so as to exactly how the retrievers stack up, whether they're uh, sort of the best of the middle of the pack or a, or a more credible contender. But the, the overall results so far for UMBC suggest they're probably going to be able to score. And they actually did score reasonably well, mm -hmm. even if Ferry wasn't particularly happy. 61 points on, in, a, in a game that was in the low 60s is pretty good. It's whether UMBC can tighten up its defense. Uh, that's going to dictate whether it can actually have that breakout showing down the road. 
anything else that was jumping out at you that we needed to discuss this week? Yeah, I, I did feel like it was worth pointing out that Loyola had a, a, a dud of a showing yeah. in its conference opener against yeah. Colgate. They lost by they lost by 34. It's their most lopsided loss since 2004 at home. Most lopsided home loss, I should say. And, you know, they go ahead and they lose by 16 at American yesterday. That's a tough way to start league play against Colgate and against American, who may well be the two best teams in that league. Uh, but, but Loyola really is, is struggling at this point. And it is getting increasingly hard to see how that particular team is going to be able to engineer a turnaround, at least this season anyway. Obviously, they, you know, we talked about Cam Spencer being at Rutgers and not at Loyola. Uh, and uh, they've had some injuries too. But that is a team that is scuffling right now. Uh, and, and needs to find a way to, to figure things out in a hurry. They do get Army at home uh, on Thursday as a chance to kind of turn things around. But, you know, Loyola has now lost six of its last seven, uh, and the only victory in there was against Goucher. So uh, really a team in need of a, of a spark here as, as we get further into January. There's no doubt about that. All right, it's time to play our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for? And I'll be honest with you, sir, I would have bet the under on this number. I did not know that this man was a six-time All-Star in his career and six times finished in the top ten of MVP voting. I would have undersold him a little bit. Four teams for Lance Berkman. Lance Berkman was definitely an Astro. So you've knocked out the overwhelming majority of his career. He was he was a uh, cardinal, correct? Yep, he did have two seasons. So the only now you have half year stops. Am I thinking Texas for Texas one of them? Texas at the end in 2013, and I had forgotten about this as well. In 2010, he was traded from the Astros somewhere, and I can't believe that I had forgotten about it. Was he a Yankee at the That's tail end? The one there you go, four for four. This is what I always. Like, I lay this out there, and I'm like, maybe I should have an easier one to follow it up with, and I never need the easier one. Do you want a trickier one to follow it up with? No, let's go with whatever you had. All right. Uh, the other one that I had planned, a far more modern name for the list, uh, someone that I think uh, uh, a lot of Orioles fans, I'm not counting the team that he signed with this offseason. That will be his fifth team, but four teams so okay. far for J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez. Uh, Houston, yes. Detroit, Arizona, and Boston. That's correct. And, of course, now an L.A. Dodger for team number five. Well done, sir. All right, what is on the schedule for you, my friend? Uh, tomorrow, heading down to see uh, Villanova at Georgetown. Georgetown on the cusp of tying the uh, Big East record for most consecutive losses to conference opponents. They've lost 24 in a row and just got skunked by B- Butler by 29. Uh, heading up to see Maryland and Rutgers on Thursday, okay. George Mason and Loyola Chicago on Saturday, uh, Sunday, Maryland and Ohio State, and then Monday, it's, it's a MIAC Monday, first first MIAC Monday, a conference play, South Carolina State and Morgan State. I have yet to see the Bears so far. Oh, wow. So that's a team. That's a team I'm looking forward to getting a look at. Excellent. Of course, um, uh, Loyola Chicago now. I, it, it, when you say Loyola Chicago, George Mason, it still takes me a second to remember that the Ramblers are in the A-10 at this point. Like it's they, still- are now, they are now in the A-10, and they, and they lost their A-10 opener to GW uh, the other day. It's James Bishop, the Baltimore product, That's right. 40 in that game, wow. uh, won A-10, A-10 player, of the, player of the week honors for that. All right, at Discourse, D1S Course on Twitter is how you follow him. Patrick Stevens, always appreciate you, my friend. Thank you for taking the time. We'll talk again next Tuesday, all right? 
Awesome, Glenn. Take care. Patrick Stevens joining us here on GCR. Appreciate him taking the time for us as we do try to do a little bit of um, legitimate sports conversation this morning. Um, when you transition out of football season, and who knows when that's going to be at this point, but it, it's always a little bit nicer when Maryland basketball matters. So not a good feeling about the possibility of that based on what we saw on Sunday. That made you think like, ah, that was a mirage, what we were seeing early on in the year. I did get out to the Towson game on Saturday. The kids wanted to go. By the way, uh, you're welcome, Towson fans, because uh, the Tigers are getting their butts kicked. And the kids, not even – once upon a time when I used to hang out with my friends BJ and Chris Appel and watch games at their house, I had the rule that when things weren't going the right way, you would get up and you would switch seats. Just mess, do whatever you could to affect the mojo in some sort of way. My kids – when Towson was getting their butt kicked at halftime, said, why don't we go sit somewhere else? They're, they're brilliant. Why don't we do what we can for the mojo? Now, maybe some of that was also about them wanting to go see what it was like to see the – they wanted to go to the very top of the building to see what it was like to look down from there. I was like, you know we have great seats, right? <laughs> like, you know we're in like the eighth row right at the middle of the court. Like, why, why are we <laughs> – that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to go up and see it. And sure enough, as soon as we did that – Right back within four points. So, you're welcome for my children. Like, they were on it. Uh, it was a hell of a basketball game on Saturday, as it turns out. It was not a hell of a first half. They played very poorly in the first half. It turned out to be a hell of a basketball game. If you guys weren't watching it, there was quite the controversy at the end of the game. Yeah, so they didn't show that at all. Well, like, you don't actually get... All you see is him falling. And I don't yeah. even remember who it was off the top of my head. Who was it that had wandered over towards the... the, the it was Nick Timberlake. Timberlake. Yes. Had wandered in the direction of the Charleston huddle. There was two seconds left, right, in yeah. the second half. It was a tie game after Thompson, Thompson, and, Thompson yeah. had made one of two free throws. So he's... I don't... I, I don't because I wasn't like you know paying attention right. to that, so I don't know. And the 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 broadcast and I know it was on NBC Sports Washington on Saturday doesn't have the full interaction either. So I don't know if there's you know somebody at Towson that's got yeah. film of it that could. All it was the the sh like when it was live, it was like the refs were talking to I guess Coach Scary, and then out of the corner of the that's the it. Screen, you just yeah, see he just falls. him kind of fall over, and that's then all of us that were at the game like, are oh. paying attention to it. But we don't we don't know what's happening, and so the question is, did he get pushed down by someone in the Charleston huddle? Yes. Should he have been trying to spy on the Charleston huddle? Of course not. But that doesn't mean you get to push him, shove him down to the ground. I just don't know because I didn't see it, and nobody on Twitter seemed to have seen it. The broadcast yeah. didn't show it. So I think what they were speculating is that they said maybe a ref was over there and just might have been like you know trying to get him to back away, and maybe Timberlake just flopped. To was, try to get a yeah, call, to try and get a call or something, and he didn't know the ref touched but, him. But I don't know, you yeah. know what I mean? Like I don't. I, ever, all of it's speculation because yep. none of us actually saw what happened there. So then they go back to the monitor. It's taking forever. My kids are losing their minds. Like why are they not playing basketball? And I'm like, all right, all right, settle down, settle down. Um, but we had a great day. I mean, it was an awesome day. It was a great game. Charleston is really, really good. I mean, they give you, they make your life miserable, and they did indeed move into the top twenty-five this week. Which, um, you know, is a neat story of a, a mid-major getting recognition the way that they are. So, that's cool. All right. You know what else is cool? I'll tell you what's cool. The all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill's cool. Use the code TAILGATE. Save $100 when you order your Ginsu Kamado Grill. If you didn't get what you wanted, get yourself a gift. 
if you know you got some socks some ties whatever it was that i a lot of times kids just get you something that says dad on it and you're like great thanks and you have no idea my children got me a trophy that says world's best dad god bless them i'm appreciative of it i'll put it up somewhere in my house definitely not the way that i would prefer them spending their money or their mom's money frankly my own money get yourself a gift you you've deserved it get yourself a ginsu kamado grill ginsugrills.com it's the perfect ceramic home uh, grill or tailgate for searing baking smoking and grilling all kinds of food again use the code tailgate save $100 when you do I feel like there was something else I wanted to say here I feel like there was oh yes again not important in the grand scheme of life I understand just please can I ask if you are an Amazon driver maybe not a a. 7am delivery can we maybe like put a moratorium on hours for when packages can be delivered? Like maybe eight o'clock be the earliest that we're delivering packages, unless someone specifically requests that a package be delivered. Secondarily, if you are, could I ask that you don't drive a truck whose backup sound sounds exactly like an alarm clock? Could I maybe ask for that? Would that be too much for me to request? 7 a.m. this morning, all of a sudden I hear this. And I don't know how everybody else is handling this. We, of course, like a couple of weeks ago when it was goddamn Antarctica, turned on the heat in our house. And then, of course, we didn't need that any longer. So it was hot as you know what inside the Clark house. So we, of course, shut off the heat, but it's still kind of trapped inside the house. So it's still warm in the house. We've been opening the windows. So making everything worse, the windows open, and I'm hearing this noise from outside the house. Now, I did order myself a nice package. Uh, Griffin and I both perused the East Bay website last week when we found out it was going out of business, and they were uh, 70% off everything, and so I got myself a nice little care package of things. I think I'm just going to start ordering things to your house. Just to piss me off? Yeah, just to... Well, that, just, thank you, just, Griffin. Just, I appreciate just so it. The, and make sure it's that. delivered at yes. 7 a.m. 7 a.m. delivery this morning. I want to make sure you're up. 7 a.m. and this sound. I'm like... My alarm! F! By the way, <coughs> I decided to back up the real alarm at that point. Because I know how this goes. I'm not going to get back to sleep quickly. So I looked at it and I was like, my alarm was set for whatever time it was set, 8.20 or something like that. I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and back that up to 8.45. This is going to be one of those days where I just got to get out of the house quickly. That's the way that's going to go. All right. uh, We'll come back in. We'll get a tidbit and tube it or wind down for a two. Again, no Simply the Bets this week, just, you know, given everything going on. We'll do, uh, we'll plan to do weekend at bookies on Thursday and return to Simply the Bets next Tuesday. So just uh, for those of you that uh, maybe are, are wondering if we're planning, nope, not this week. So we'll come back in. Tidbit Tubi to wrap it up. Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. That first sip. That first bite. 
Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. Where's Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Ties Bowser Show right now at pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. The weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com glorydaysgrill.com Great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. So a statement was made by DeMar Hamlin's family this morning. Uh, it reads, quote, on behalf of the family, on behalf of our family, we want to express our sincere gratitude for the love and support shown to DeMar during this challenging time. We are deeply moved by the prayers, kind words, and donations from fans around the country. We also want to acknowledge the dedicated first responders and healthcare professionals at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center who have provided exceptional care to DeMar. We feel so blessed to be part of the Buffalo Bills organization and to have their support. We also want to thank Coach Taylor and the Bengals for everything they've done. Your generosity and compassion mean the world to us. Please keep DeMar in your prayers. We will release updates as soon as we have them. Thank you, the Hamlin family. So obviously we don't learn anything there, but um, you know, a lovely statement that was released by DeMar Hamlin's family this morning. And again, the sports world just kind of continues to, to, to sit in a holding pattern, and that's the reality. In the immediacy of it, I remember that like, you know there was some there was some talk. I, I happened to be listening because I had worked a basketball game last night. I I was listening to the Westwood One broadcast at one point, and I remember Kurt Warner saying like, "Well, maybe you just sort of send everybody home for the night and try to come back and play tomorrow." Um, but you know, obviously, the seriousness of the moment that was never going to be you know a possibility. Like that, they, they in short of at some point last night. Them getting like a video of Demar Hamlin waving and smiling and and all of that, and them saying like, "Okay, he's okay," 
that wasn't going to be possible. And so, you know, everything's on, as, a, as we said at the top of the show, everything's on the table. We're all going to have to be patient. And I keep, I use the word grace a lot in the first 30 minutes of today's show. We have to give an amount of grace because of the unprecedented. I'm, I'm even, I, this is going to be the, I think we need to be willing to give grace to people that we think have misstepped. The only group of people I'm not going to give grace to is the, the vaccine F jobs. F all of them. You're scum. Everybody else, I, I think it was a bad night on Twitter. And not just for Skip Bayless. I think it was a bad night for a lot of you on Twitter. It was a bad night for people that think that they could do the NFL's job better than they could. Like, I think there's a lot of people. I, if the NFL's lying about, you know, them saying, well, we never told them they had five minutes to get ready to play the game. If they're lying about that, that's chicken ass, and that's it's what it is. But I don't know that, and none of us know that. We're all speculating, and we're all using our biases. And I would just continue to ask for grace. And you know what? I'll even I, – I read the tweet – I don't follow Skip Bayless. Skip Bayless is nothing to me. But I read the tweet that you're all mad about, and I can read it in another way where I understand what he's saying and where he's not a monster. I can read it in a tone where I I can see where he's actually saying, hey, this game is really important, but how do you play it? Like I can read it in a tone where I can make it seem like you didn't need to tweet that. But a lot of people had bad tweets last night. I get that that's a charitable read of it. A different read is, dude, you're just a monster. But I'm willing to afford grace to a lot of people because of the, we keep using the word unprecedented, unprecedented nature of this. And we all, I think, need to be willing to use grace. Worry less about our fantasy football leagues. Worry less about, like, we can solve these problems as adults. <coughs> By the way, I think John Proctor doesn't realize that Carson. I think he still thinks that he could end up having to be the one that no. that loses the bet for the week because he didn't know what Carson's picks were. Proctor, you were actually safe, uh, which bothers me greatly. But you were actually safe. Um, we can all solve these things. We can all figure it out. Every single one of us. I just said to Griffin a second ago, like I'm starting to think about, you know, I've I've got a, a family trip to Disney World planned in a couple weekends. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. I mean, I'm still going to go. <laughs> Let me make that abundantly clear. But I actually purposely bought a flight, knowing that could be a playoff game that week, and I purposely bought a flight that I can move to a different time that day. So if the Ravens and Bengals get backed up by a week and they play the following Sunday, I can have my family fly down in the morning and I can join them at night at Disney World. And all's good. Like, I can I can pull it off and make it work and I can do the post game. Or I can tell 105.7, sorry, I can't do the post game. Maybe it'll be the Griffin and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan. I'm going to guess probably not, but, you know, me. Who knows? I run a post game. I don't know where you are on the, the list. Of, I don't think that'll be the case, but who knows? Well, your word carries. What's that? Yeah, you, that's you right. If I, if, I say, if I say you're the guy. It's going to be Griffin. I don't you think, I don't think it works that way, unfortunately, <laughs> over there. I don't think that's the case. But, like, that's the, we'll all figure it out. We'll all make it work, and we all understand that, that human life is far more important and... Um, you know, I just keep continuing. Please continue to use grace as the NFL and the parties involved sort this out. And it might be difficult for a lot of people. And 
you might end up being put out by. I mean, like, I, I do think about those things, right? Like, what if there are Ravens fans who have flights for Cincinnati and didn't book a refundable flight? You know, you got to figure out what you're going to do with that. Presumably, you booked it one where you can just move, you can transfer it, and the NFL will want to get ahead of that. They don't want to make these decisions on Saturday. They want to make some sort of decision, but it might be that at some point this week, without knowing the full extent of what's going on with DeMar Hamlin, they, they're forced to just say, look, the season is temporarily suspended until we know. There's going to be a lot. That, you know, They are in uncharted waters at the moment. And there is something unique about there is one game that still has to be determined from one week, and it's not it's not easy. Let me, let me just create an example for the sake of an example, right? If if they were to try to say, let's call last night's game a no contest, right? Like if they were tr- to, to attempt to do, I know that was the thing that somebody asked me about that Bruce Cunningham had said earlier. You'd have to start thinking about well, what are the ramifications for that for if the Ravens were to beat the Bengals next week? Like, if they go play that game and the Ravens beat the Bengals. I gotta do the, let me do the math on this. Would the, would the Ravens then be ahead of the Bengals in the standings? They're two games back right now, right? Or they're a game and a half back right now. Yeah. So they'd be a half game behind in the standings. Yeah. So they'd, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I guess that technically be nothing. I guess the. I mean, I guess you just say, "Hey, that's the way it is," right? Yeah. Like that's the way it goes. But then you have the debate about the number one seed. Like, do the, if the Chiefs win, if the Chiefs were to beat the Raiders, I, mean, I gotta, I gotta do all my math at the top. Of, I'm sorry, we're spitballing here again. Please, Grace, that's what we're asking for. So the Chiefs right now are thirteen and three. The Bills are twelve and three. So if the Chiefs beat the Raiders. Are the Bills satisfied? Like, you know, if they in two days find out DeMar Hamlin's going to survive this, he's going to be all right and everything, are they okay with just saying, well, you know, we missed out on the the number one seed. That's the way it goes? I, I don't know. I don't know how you handle that. It's grace. Just keep coming back to the word grace. It, you're going to have to put some effort. And then, you know, the idea of playing on, you know, weird days to maybe try to make this work, right? If if they get the word on tomorrow that DeMar Hamlin is going, going to survive and is going to be okay, is there a world in which you can have the, the Bengals and Bills try to play on, like, Friday night of this week? then move the Bengals and Bills game, so the Ravens-Bengals game and the Bills game to next Wednesday, something like that, and then you know ask whoever's playing in the playoffs to play on Tuesday. Of the, yeah. All of these things are going to have to be on the table. The league is going to have to consider all options, everything. I think right now... Most people are going to come around to the idea that the best case, the best scenario is just bump the championship games back a week. You've bought yourself a week. You've bought yourself a week to try to figure this out. And so if you can play the rest of the Bengals Bills game this weekend, everybody else is off. You have them all, everybody plays the same week 18 the following week. Or if it's that, you know, everybody plays their normally scheduled game this week and the Bengals and Bills, whatever it is, it would seem like that week can buy you the most flexibility provided you get good news with DeMar Hamlin and that of course still being the the central portion of this like that that still you know has to be determined 
All right, let's uh, let's do a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by Glory Days Grill, where the Comfort Classic menu is still available right now. The uh, mac and cheese bites. I won't even make you do the thing. If you want to do the thing, if you want to do the yeah, thing, yeah, it's, yeah. is it good? Of course, the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> oh like my that, god, it's like so the good. NPR version <laughs> of the thing. The winter spinach salad, the twisted ribs and wings combo, so much more. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to get your order in and uh, st- and stay uh, stay comfortable this winter with the Comfort Classics menu at Glory Days Grill. Uh, so I saw this one over the weekend, a pretty cool one on uh, Drew Timmy over his last seven games. has averaged 27.3 points, 9.7 rebounds, four assists, and he's been shooting 70% from the field. Um, there's only one other Division One player in the last five seasons to average 25 points and 70% shooting over any seven-game stretch uh, in a season. Say it, so those numbers one more time. Uh, the the for for the actual I guess stat here is 25 points, 70% uh-huh. shooting over a seven-game stretch. Last in five college ba- oh, yes, last yes. five seasons in college basketball. Yeah. Is Drew Timmy and Zion. Yes. Okay. Zion Williamson, and then also Donovan Mitchell dropped 71 last night. For uh, the Cavs over the Bulls, unbelievable. Yeah, uh, so he became the seventh player in NBA history to score seventy in a game. Can you name the other six? Uh, to score seventy points in a game ever. Mm-hmm. So obviously Wilt. Yes, six times. Uh, didn't I want to say David Robinson did it once? Yes, he did. Nineteen ninety four. I believe it was literally to clinch a scoring title. That 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 might be true. That's probably that's probably true. Um, Kobe. Yes, Kobe did it in 2006 against the. That's when he dropped 81 against Toronto. Right. Um. God. Man. Oh, uh, Devin Booker did it. Yep. Devin, Devin Booker, Booker did it. 2017 against the Celtics. 70 bomb from Devin Booker. Uh, I don't. I don't know that I'm going to remember who the other like those I remember. There was one Everyth- in 1978, one in 1960. One oh, ni- oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. The, the one in 1960 you should well, get. The one in 1960 I should get? Yeah. Why? Because, I mean, he's been he's been the answer for other... Uh, Elgin Baylor. Elgin Baylor. Elgin Baylor. Yes. I mean, I would not have gotten that had you not brought that up. <laughs> Never in a million years would have gotten that. Why? Elgin Baylor's name has come up so frequently. And didn't it start because you didn't know who Elgin Baylor was and I was pissed off about no, that? No, I don't think I... I think I'd heard of the name. I just... God you so. were like, you probably don't even know who he is. I was All like, right. well, I know he's a good basketball player. All right. Uh, and then the other he one. He played for the Nuggets and the Supersonics. Only played eight seasons. David Thompson. Oh, I mean, I actually kind of was about to get that. Oh, really? <laughs> well, David oh, Thompson sorry. was a great player. At NC. This is the problem. Again, being as young as you don't. David Thompson was a legend at NC State, was an icon at NC State. Um, First damn, overall pick. I yeah, might, 1975. I might have been able to get that. I might have been able to get that. But yeah, David Thompson in 1978 did this. I mean, I, I said, I, I would have only been able to get that after you told me the teams. Like, I was never going to guess David Thompson. I want to make that abundantly clear. I was never going to originally guess David Thompson. That wasn't going to happen. But I did know that it wasn't Michael Jordan. That's the only thing I knew is that it wasn't Michael Jordan. I didn't know who it was. And I I remember there being a crazy Shaq game as well at one point. Double check on the David Robinson thing. I want to say it was the last game of the regular season, and he clinched. And it might have been that he was going up against Shaq, and that's why I put Shaq into the conversation. I I feel like David Robinson clinched a scoring title with a 70-point game, something like that. I got Maybe you're going to tell me that I'm crazy and that it actually happened in November, and then I don't know what I'm going to do from there. I guess let's we'll just see, dance. Let's see. Yeah, what do you got? Hold on, I'm trying to look. All right, I guess I'll handle it. Don't worry. I got it. David Robinson. Yeah, to win the scoring title over Shaq. Thank you. Yes. Bam! Good job. Bam! 
Good job. Chief officer of knowing things over this part. All right. Uh, tubular brought to you today by, oh, how about uh, pressboxonline.com slash offers, where there are great offers constantly available to you as you get signed up for sports betting, or perhaps you signed up with one company and now you're like, well, I could have gotten free money from somebody else. Well, yes, you could have. Like $200 in free bets from DraftKings after placing your first $5 bet or $1,000 in risk-free bets from BetMGM. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Um, here is what's scheduled for tonight, totally tubular-wise. Um, the not not Unfortunately, there's not a whole lot involving local teams there's not a lot of local interest totally to be tonight um none of the local college basketball teams are playing the wizards play they're in milwaukee to play the bucks eight o'clock on nbc sports washington and nba tv capitals at home against the sabers seven o'clock on nbc sports washington plus espn's got stars kings at 10 o'clock espn also has the uh, under armor next all america football game at five o'clock featuring a couple of maryland commits dylan gooden the son of doc gooden uh, also featuring Nicholas Harbor, who Maryland is still trying to land, the five-star prospect. A lot of talk about uh, Jim Harbaugh flirting with the NFL again, by the way. A lot of talk about that the last couple of days. Wonder if that impacts recruiting a what little bit. What did they say? He likes Carolina? Is that oh, is that what he said? I, th- I, th- I, thought I, saw, I saw people in Denver heavily talking about uh, Jim Harbaugh. Like, that. you know, you you got to go with an established. I guess the, the talk is that they have gone with uh, inexperienced coaches the last couple of times. And they can't do that. So again. they want Peyton or, uh, or Harwell, I guess. I th- that's that's my understanding. The people look. This could all be conjecture. Who knows? Right. The point is, they've got wealthy owners now, v- extraordinarily wealthy owners now. And the thought being, you can't go the inexperienced route because you have such a disaster on your hands. You need it to be someone established at this point. But if I'm Sean, I said if I'm Sean Peyton, why am I choosing that mess? Yeah. Like, give me my choice of quarterback, not unless you are so convinced that you see what the problem is in Russell Wilson and you can fix it. I don't know why you're signing up for that. If Jim Harbaugh is just kind of done with the college thing, like, okay, I did that for a little while. I, you know, I beat Ohio State a couple times so they can love me forever. Now let me go try to do this again. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter as much and you just take as much money as you can get. But if you're Sean Payton and you kind of have your choice of where you want to go, I don't know. I just don't know why you end up going to a place where. It looks to be a bit of a mess when it comes to the quarterback position. Anyway, um, the Under Armour football game, 5 o'clock on ESPN. Big Ten hoops tonight. Nebraska, Michigan State at 7. Minnesota, Wisconsin at 9 on Big Ten Network. All the rest of the college basketball you can find at glennclarkradio.com. Arsenal and Newcastle United at 245 on the USA Network. And WWE NXT tonight at 8 on USA as well. Anything non-sports-wise? Uh, a couple things. The uh, the late-night shows, they're all coming back this week. Um, so Michelle Obama's going to be on Colbert. And then Kimmel's going to have Seth Rogen and Diego Calva. What's uh, Seth Rogen plugging. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think right. I feel like everyone. I guess because it's award season, I feel like they're having a lot of just I guess random stars on to like plug stuff that I guess came out over the last year. Because Ana de Armas is on Fallon, um, and then Will Trent series premiered on ABC. This guy's a really good detective. You've probably seen the commercials for it. I don't. I don't know that it, I it, have. It, okay, it's probably not going to be good. Right. But, but it's Will Trent, and then uh, those those are the highlights. The finale of Welcome to Chippendales is on Hulu. I imagine I will probably choose to watch uh, Last Chance You this evening, just because I haven't had an opportunity to spend some time with it, and I've been looking forward to that. Enjoy it. I finished Letter Kenny. I really get pissed off that they only do six episode seasons. Like I'm just getting into it. What the hell? What is that? Why is it only six episodes? Give me more. 
Tell me I don't have to wait till next Christmas for that. And where the hell is Righteous Gemstones? What is going on there? I've been waiting a long time. That and Ted Lasso. What the hell? How long we got to wait? I don't know. Oh, what's coming out tomorrow, though? What? Star Wars. Uh, Clone Wars. Bad ah. Batch. Bad Batches. New season tomorrow. Cool. I guess tonight at 3 a.m. So I, I will guess. not be joining you there. <laughs> That's the rat. Although I did tell you that I got into She-Hulk a little bit, right? Yeah. And I, I enjoyed it. I yeah. think the She-Hulk did is good. Did you finish it? Or no, I haven't finished no. it yet. I do, maybe I'll finish that tonight. Maybe that's the way well, I'll spend my Do what you want. It will not be uh, understanding that we have an open night because we're not doing the Tyus Bowser show tonight. Push back to next Tuesday. So please come join us next Tuesday at Guilford Hall Brewery, but not tonight. No Tyus Bowser show this evening. Uh, out of respect to everything going on, DeMar Hamlin and the NFL, we're going to wait till next week for the Tyus Bowser show. All right, thanks today to everybody. At Pro- oh, no, I should thank the sponsors. No, I should thank the guests. That's what I should do. Thanks to Tyler Dunn, who did tell us a little bit more about DeMar Hamlin. I really appreciated that. Thanks also to Charles Arbuckle, as well as to um, Patrick Stevens. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. ...tab at glennclarkradio.com. On the program tomorrow, um, do we have anything tomorrow? Not at the moment. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm actually going to give Grace... See? I'm going to take my own advice. Grace... We are in an awkward position this week just with not knowing when the Ravens might play and anything like that. We we will figure out an appropriate show to do tomorrow. We figured it out for today. We will figure it out again tomorrow. That's the way that it will go. So that's just the reality of the circumstances. And I guess maybe Drew might come in and join us. I don't know. We'll figure it all out. Carson was supposed to pay off the bet tomorrow, but I, I mean, he's definitely going to lose no matter what. Should I just do it with him? I don't know. Let's see where we are. Let's just see where we are. Let's not do anything crazy. All right. Thanks, everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, uh, Glory Days Grill. By the way, speaking of problem gambling, I should remind everybody that gambling can be fun, but you need to set a limit and stay within it. And remember that if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Also, thanks to Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costa Sin, the Maryland Jockey Club, as well as Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, UMBC Athletics, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Duke sucks. <laughs>